for today. And uh, I also bring you greetings from Reverend Chris and Reverend Gloria. Amen. Oh, some of you have been seeing some pictures. So you've not seen it. <laughs> okay. Amen. You've been talking about faith. 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 And I think that it is a subject that all of us need to get one or two from it. I don't think anybody as a believer will graduate from the school of faith and say that, oh, as for me, at this stage of my life, I am at the I am at the epoch or the peak of faith that I am okay. I think by the time you get to that level, then you are becoming a God. Yes. By the time you think that uh, there's no iota of doubt in you or whatever. So it's a good subject for us to always consider. Just as the subject of prayer is very, very important, the subject of faith is also very, very important. Amen. And the scripture that we've been using is Hebrews chapter 11. Today we read it, and the Reverend has made us go to definitions of faith. And today we want to go to the definitions of faith once again and the characteristics. But look at it from a different angle. Amen. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is, from verse 1, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtain a good report or a good testimony. For by it, the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were made were not made of things which were sorry, my grammar is not the, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Amen. The Bible says that by faith we understand that the wells were framed by the word of God, the wells, the wells. That means the wells, which means that it is not only one world, but different wells that were framed by the word of God. And I believe that we can also replace the word of God with also our own words, that we can frame our wells by our own words, by faith. I don't know whether you feel like that sometimes you'll be there and you'll be like, ah, it seems I've seen this day before. Has it happened to you? It, it normally happens to me. Or better still, you will be at a stage in your life and you realize that this thing, you, you said it some time ago, but you just like you ignored it. But virtually, it is coming to pass. So by faith, the Bible is making us understand that by faith, the wealth, so all the wealth in our life, uh, the wealth, maybe it could be your relationship world, it could be your financial world, it could be your growth uh, your spiritual world, it could be your family world, it could be whatever world that you are considering, it can be framed. You know, when you say frame, it's like, you know, when you go to the potter's house and you are making the pots and all that, you f- the, the potter frames it according to how he wants it to be. 
So by faith, the Bible is making us understand that we can also frame our world the way we want it to be. Frame it. Frame it. How you want it to be. How it's, and the Bible says that you are framing it according to the things that are not seen. So it's not according to our current circumstances or according to our current uh, whatever, how should I put it, according to our current budget. Because if it becomes budget, you have the budget for it and you are doing it, there's nothing fit about it. But faith comes when you are doing the thing out of something that you do not have. Amen. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, he being dead still speaks. By faith, verse 5, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see the death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and is the warder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Amen. Abraham, I don't know, you know, sometimes when you read the Bible, I think we just have to make it very practical or very real to all of us. Imagine we are all living in this now. Then I'll come and say that God has spoken to me, that he has shown me a city. And which city is that? Is it Paris or Antwerp or Barcelona or Accra or uh, Nairobi or Pretoria or whatever? I said, I don't know, but God has shown me. How are you getting there? Are you getting there by train, by air, or by road? Or no, I don't know, but God has shown me. It looks very, very, very weird. Very, very weird. And I believe that it's also, this is the case of Abraham. But I also believe that in our lives today, there are certain gray areas that the path that we are taking looks similar to what Abraham took. I don't know whether you are getting me. So it might not be that you too, God will tell you to, go to a city that you don't know that you are going to Barcelona or whatever. But it could also be that you are trying to take a step and God is trying to guide your way in that step and you don't know the end of it. You, you get it? So that is how you get to know that you are working a work of faith. So that you see that sometimes when you are, at the end of the day, you are giving your testimony 
It might not be the same as Abraham's own, walking in deserts and sleeping in tents. But it could also be that in your circumstance, there are some tents that you are sleeping in. Because, you know, when we say tents, tents means that you are finding yourself in a temporary place. You get it. So, Abraham sleeping in tents means that he knew that he was going to a very far place, but his current circumstance was not where he wanted to be. So, you too, maybe in the particular circumstance where you find yourself, God is now taking you to the same path, and he's now causing you to, to sleep in tents. But if you have faith in God and continue to walk that path, is there a then that you can also have a, a testimony like this? Amen. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Said by faith, Sarah herself. Which presupposes that Sarah, Sarah herself. That means Sarah was not a type of person that really had faith. But it came to a point that she had to, because that was the only option available. But faith gave Sarah strength. Have you realized that uh, fear takes away strength? When, for instance, if you are supposed to maybe stand in front of people, certain people and do something, and you are at the first two, three minutes, you are shivering. You see that it's not easy for you. Your words are not coming. What you memorize is gone. All those things are not. I don't know if that's happened to you before. But if you have faith, it also gives strength. You get it? So Sarah was able to get strength. Maybe all that you and I need now is some strength. But the strength that we need will come by virtue of faith. You get it? It will come by virtue of faith. Because if the faith is not there, there's no way there can be strength. Because, you see, even though we are talking about faith being something very spiritual, it also has physical implication. And that's how come the faith is able to cause physical things to happen. So the, the, the same way that fear can cause you to become so weak that sometimes, you can, I don't know whether it's happened to you before, but sometimes you become so fearful that your mouth becomes so dry. You don't know what to say. It's like what will happen and all those things. And in the same way that faith to faith in whatever that you want to do can also cause you to have so much strength. And sometimes the strength too cannot be explained. I don't know. You know, sometimes you are like you are very high. It's like it's like today I'm having a good day, and maybe I'm, I'm having faith in something. And you see that the the sort of strength and the sort of appetite that come to you is unexplainable. Amen. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead. As good as dead. I don't know whether you understand that grammar. As good as dead. It means that uh, I don't know how to explain that. It's the, the, the best portion of it is like a dead thing. You get it? The best portion is as good as dead. So that means that there is no, how should I put it? There is no hope. There is no hope in the thing. The best form is that it's dead. But you try as much as possible to believe it and 
And I believe that all of us have testimonies in one way or the other in which we can pinpoint that this thing, God did it by virtue of that. You know, the last time everyone will share my testimony about how I got my destiny. But there's also another part of it. When I I I got my uh, I got my form, I was supposed to start in December, let's say 2015. But as I died December, I would I did not I did not have any uh, source of funding. So I decided to go to the university and change it. So it was around December, I've forgotten the date, but I went to the university, the admissions office, and I was talking to them, and I told them that, oh, I've not been able to sort anything out, so I want to shift it to September. And the woman was, ah, but do you think September is okay because uh, you have only five slots to change it, blah, blah, long story. And I said, don't worry, me, I will shift it to September. And as I was in the office, I received a call from Reverend, and Reverend told me that, don't make it September, make it May. I'm like, hey. <laughs> this September thing, I'm trying to, um, I, I don't know what to do, what to happen, but I was still, then, then he said, I'm in the office, make it May and call me later. So I had, I had just left the, the, the administrator's office and she said, okay, I should come the following day, she'll print my letter, then I'll come for it. Then I had to, then the next four or five minutes, I had to go back into the office and tell the woman that now I want to make it to me. <laughs> me myself, I really did not feel, it did not make much sense to me, but I went to the office. Then I went to the office and I told the woman that I want to make it to me. Ah, why, what has changed? Has your government gotten money now? Within two, three minutes. <laughs> I said, no, 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 my government has not got money, but I've decided to make it me. That sort of situation looks like as good as dead. Because already in September, you don't even know what is coming. May, even if September, you don't know what's coming, then May is like. <laughs> so it looks, it, looks, it looks something like that. Whereby, you know, sometimes as human beings, we, we try to set timelines. And it's a good thing that we do. You know, we know that if this is the expired date of the thing. If it passes this, then I should forget about it. But you know, God's timing and the way God does his things, sometimes it's not the same timing as we do our things. Sometimes it can, it can, it, it can go past the time that you set. Sometimes you, it can come even before. But all has to do with the faith that we have. Amen. Therefore, from one man, Fred, that, verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better and they desire a better, that is heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and 
he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it it was said, in Isaac our seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. Abraham concluded that God was able to raise him up. You know, when I was reading this, one thing that came to mind is that most times what do not cause us to believe or have faith, and it's all of us, is the conclusions that we make on situations. You get it. And you see that if I believe that Abraham thought that this situation or this case, if I tell Sarah, the conclusion will be that it is not a good thing to do. That would have been the conclusion. So, but you've struggled all this while you were 100, me, I was 90 or so or whatever, that we were able to give birth. Now that you've given birth, you are saying that God, what even makes that voice God's voice? You know, sometimes, I don't know whether it's happening to you, but sometimes maybe you're in church. You want to, maybe a reverend or whoever is calling for some seed. And you've, in your mind, you've prepared for 50 pounds. Then suddenly you hear 500. Ah, this voice is not God's voice. <laughs> I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Oh, it's, it's, I'm the only one. <laughs> so no. <laughs> this voice, this voice, this voice is not the voice of God. You get it. But we are, try, we are learning today that the conclusion that Abraham gave was the one that pushed him. The one that pushed him. The, the one that pushed him. The one that pushed him. He said, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in figurative sense. Verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he, he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, 23. When he was, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That one. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You know, by faith, by faith, by faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You remember that being called the son of Pharaoh's daughter came with a lot of privileges. It came with a lot, a lot of privileges. The sort of treatment that he was, because he's a Hebrew guy. And now, being called Pharaoh's daughter even made him to be treated even better than a lot of the Egyptians. And he had particular kind of education if you read the book of Acts, he learned all he, he, he learned all those things. He was very close to Pharaoh himself. He was very close to Pharaoh himself. Can it also be that, you know, sometimes when you talk about faith, you're always talking about, you're always talking about faith will cause you to good, 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 good. Can it also be that by faith, 
you will miss or you will leave a very comfortable zone that you find yourself. But that is not of God to be at a place which looks like a very or very uncomfortable. You get it. That's how come you hear some ladies in I don't know where they are, like certain places, that say that since I came to Christ, my life has become very horrible. Yes. Because before he came, before they came, she had about five boyfriends. Oh yes. And all of them were catering for every part. So this one is for trips. This one is for my 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 department. My apartment. This one is for my education. This one is for my hair. Okay. <laughs> so by virtue, by virtue of deciding not to be called a son or a daughter of Pharaoh's daughter, you've left certain privileges. You know, you know it's also by faith. Because if you get all this, or that's the only example I can give, but it can also be anything. Anything that you are doing negatively that is giving you a lot of money. Or anything that you are doing negatively that is giving you a lot of privilege or a lot of some sort of honor or whatever it is. And you are leaving it to come to a supposed place. Just that you are refusing to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know what the son of Pharaoh's daughter would be in any case. But it could, it could be that you are living a life that is not good. But in that life, you are getting a lot of privileges. A lot of accolades in it. And you are living that and you are coming to a place where you are, you are not even sure. You are not even sure. You are not even sure that this place that I've, I've left all these nice and glamorous and beautiful things to join. What am I going to get? What, what is there for me? And that's, I think that's also the side of it that as believers must also uh, take our mind to because most times you are always looking at, oh, God will give this, that, 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 that. But faith also means that you are living the good things, living the, the nice things, the beautiful things, and coming to a place whereby, because you don't want to be called a son or a daughter of Pharaoh's daughter, you've left those things, and if you refused to be called that, choosing, 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. That is what faith can also sometimes cause us to do. Faith can cause us to choose to rather suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. It can cause us to choose to suffer affliction. And in the Bible, you could see that people like Paul decided not to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. Not in terms of Pharaoh, but in, in literal sense, Pharaoh. Because Paul was enjoying a good life. He was persecuting the Christians. Then suddenly he decided to shift camp. Go to the other side. And it could also be the same thing to us. Maybe in your life, maybe you'll be doing all sorts of things, enjoying. Then suddenly, because you see, when you, you are shifting camp, one of the things that sometimes happens is the identity crisis. Because now we need you to be this way. Suddenly you are that way. And most people, especially those in your inner circle, that's, that's, that's very difficult because you are trying to find yourself and if you are not careful, they can even easily push you back to that particular thing that you are doing. Amen. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of in Egypt for he looked 
to the reward. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seed him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians, attempting to do so, were drowned. Amen. Which also means that the work of faith takes you to another level that not everybody can walk in. You see, some of the things that you do by faith is very dangerous to do without faith. Because imagine you are walking in the Red Sea and you are doing it because you are the one telling us that you've heard from God and it is by faith. And it is taking you on that tangent. You get it. If it is not by faith, you'll be like the Egyptian, you'll be drunk. Which we suppose that if you want to walk by faith, then we should, we should arm ourselves and walk by faith. If you don't want to, you must also know that it is a risky business that you want to take. Amen. Thirty by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days, and the walls of Jericho in our lives, by faith, can also fall. Amen. The walls of Jericho in our lives, by faith, can also fall. Amen. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace, the harlot Rahab. You know, sometimes the Bible brings certain things for emphasis. I think the Bible could have made it by faith, Rahab. You still would have known Rahab, because how many Rahab do you know in the Bible? Uh But the Bible decided to bring by faith the harlot Rahab. Just to let you know that when it comes to the work of faith, you don't need particular qualification. Or particular that and because that's how sometimes people make us believe that you need to attain a particular status in society or a particular status in the religious work or a particular status as a Christian because before you begin to work by faith. No, by faith, the, the harlot you have. I don't think you are that. If she can, then you too can attempt. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and their prophets, who through faith subdued kingdom, worked righteousness, obtained promises, Stopped the mouth of lions, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, 
that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. What it means is that there can be some just as we are looking at the positive side of it, we also have to look at the negative side of it. Not negative, but the, the other side of it. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Something or some of the things that as Christians we might consider to be touching because of our faith, it is good for us. Amen. Still, others had triumph of mockings, and scourgings, yes, and of the chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony, through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Amen. Okay, so I want us to briefly look at the various definitions of faith that we give. I think by going through the, the whole of Hebrews chapter 11, I have touched some of the definitions of faith. Reverend has given us 10 definitions of faith so far. The first one of the faith is the lifeblood of a believer. Faith is the lifeblood, the lifeblood of a believer. Faith is the lifeblood of a believer. And we say that, and, I, and I, it is so true that, because what sometimes distinguishes a church setting from a business seminar or a social club or uh, a conference that we talk about. Li- okay, okay, let me put it this way. Life class. You know, they have life classes where people go and they talk about relationship, they talk about issues of life, they talk about finances, they talk about all sort of things. They call it life class. But this is church. And one of the differences between this and a life class is that faith is the lifeblood. Faith. We have a belief in something higher that they don't have. So if you are here and there is no faith in us, then probably we might end up transforming the place to a life class, but you are not. Amen. The second one, the faith is the down payment of the things you desire. Down payment. Just as the third one, faith guarantees answers to prayer. Faith guarantees answers to prayer. Hebrews 11 says, for without faith, for without he, they that come to God must believe that he is, and he is the word of them that diligently seek him. So faith is one of the fundamental things that we need as believers to pray. Amen. Faith guarantees victory. Faith is dependence on God's work. Faith is dependence on God's work. Faith is counting things that are not as though they are. And that is one of the best definitions of faith because if you've already seen the thing, then there's no need counting on it again. 
It only becomes faith when you've not seen it and you desire to see it. Amen. The next one is faith is having confidence in the things to come. Faith is the nature of God. Faith is the nature of God. We read that in Hebrews chapter 2 and 3 that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God in Genesis chapter 1, everything that he was saying, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. They were all faith in action. Faith in action. Faith in action. And I remember whoever made it, it clear to us that the mere fact that we say we have faith also does not mean that we don't do anything. It's like, oh, I've declared it. I've pushed it into the atmosphere. It is working for me. And I'm going to sleep. No. Faith work. Even when you work it more, shows that you have faith in it. Because, for instance, if I want to tell Bula to do something, I say it, and Bula does not do it. I say it, Bula does not, and I stop. That means I've lost faith in it. Because I'm trying to so, sort of convince Bula to do it, and she's not doing it, so now I've lost. But if I continue to push and push and push, then that means I have faith that by my perseverance, Bula will change or Bula will do what I want Bula to do. You get it? So if we decide to say that, oh, I have faith in God, and so I'm not going to work, or I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do, and think that God will work, work things in some magical way, and things will work together for my good, from the east, the west, the north, the south, put them together, we call people from the, from people in authority, and that the person will suddenly be there, and my thought will enter the head of the person, and God will give my number to the person, and I'll be in my room, and the person will call me and say, that come for this. It has happened. <laughs> you know, sometimes we'll be there, we have some fantastic ideas now. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, but sometimes we'll be there, if I'm there, and I get this, and I get that, then I add this to that, put this to that, to that, to that, then I'm going like that. <laughs> Amen. Nine, faith is the basis of pleasing God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Faith is the basis of pleasing God. Faith is the basis of pleasing God. Faith is the basis of pleasing God. And all through the Bible, that's what you've seen. Faith is the basis of pleasing God. And most times, any time God became angry or an agent of God became angry, it was as a result of Lack of faith in anything. When the angel of God came to Zachariah and was telling Zachariah that your wife, Elizabeth, is going to give birth. The reason why the angel of God caused Zachariah's mouth to be shut was unbelief. Because he could not believe that after all these years, it could happen. And I also think that God caused his mouth to be shut because he did not want him to go and infest his unbelief onto Elizabeth. That one too is a, that one too is a possibility. And sometimes God causes some of these things to, he just shut our mouth on certain issues. So that it, because at the end of the day, you know, the Bible says that by our, by our mouth we are able to, we are able to create and we are able to condemn. By our mouth. So the same mouth that we use to to possess positive things is the same way that we used to say negative things. So then, therefore, we just have to be careful with what comes out of our mouth. Amen. Amen. Ten, faith is built on hope. 
Faith is built on hope. Hope and hope is expectation, desire, or anticipation for something. Amen. Romans chapter 4. And with this, Romans chapter 4. Look at the characteristics of faith. Romans chapter 4, from verse 18 to 22. Romans 4. Who, contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Cyrus womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Amen. Verse 18 says that, Who contrived to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Who contrived to hope, in hope believed. Hey, I don't know whether it's proper grammar, but who contrived to hope, in hope, believe. The first thing that we considered is that faith has an object. I don't know if you remember the scenario that Reverend gave with respect to Georgina and the young lady and talking about if the young lady was supposed to give Reverend 10 pounds, obviously not, but Georgina could give 10 pounds. And the reason was that it is based on the person that we are expecting the thing from that will boost our faith in it. So we are saying that faith has an object and the object is God. And most times, it is what God, if we want to look at the credibility of the person, and that's, and that's what even in this world, if you want to go for a loan or whatever it is, or if you want to ask a friend for a loan, and the friend has given you about three times, and with all the three, you are not credible. It is difficult for your friend to consider that, oh, this time you will change. You get it. But let's also look at the other side of the coin, which is God. At least if you yourself, you don't have any testimony with God, of which I don't think is true. Even if you yourself, you don't have any testimony, any. At least you've heard testimonies of what people say that God has done for them. And But what, one thing I realized is that when we find ourselves in that position, Satan sort of eradicates all the testimonies in our minds. It's like we become blank. It's as if God has never done anything for you and I. And suddenly it's like the thing that is in front of us is the mountain that is like there's nothing that can be done about it. And that is the only thing. That is the only thing that we think that God cannot do. But we are learning today that if we consider God to be credible, unless maybe we don't consider him to be credible, but if we consider God to be credible, then if he gives a word, if he gives a prophecy, if he gives you a word in season, know that he that has given that word will be able to perform. In the book, in the book of Isaiah, it said that if a nursing mother cannot forget her son or daughter, how much more God? And that one is even very difficult 
for a nursing mother to say that, oh, I have a baby who is three months old. I have, I'm, I'm traveling and I've left the baby somewhere and I did not tell anybody about it. I'm gone. The baby should be there. It hardly happens. So if a nursing mother cannot do that, how much more God? Amen. And the second one is that faith has obstructions and oppositions. Faith has obstructions and oppositions. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Abraham was about a hundred years and I don't know now if you if if anything that we have in this in our current world is to go by the hundred year olds that we see. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> at least you've seen at least if you watch BBC or whatever. I, I know most of the hundred year olds are UK. So if we are considering maybe maybe their time, the hundred year old. <laughs> But a hundred-year-old man having a ninety-year-old wife. <laughs> maybe, maybe their time was different. So now at least let's try to give them the benefit from the doubt. But ninety years, and the Bible is saying that the deadness of Sarah's womb, deadness, deadness. Another version I checked said the dryness, the dryness, dry, very dry. It's like <laughs> that is the that is the obstacle. That is the obstacle. That is the obstacle. And I believe that in our case too, there are also certain obstacles that 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 can be compared to this case. Your own self, your own self, your own self. See that me myself said, not consider his own body already dead. So maybe in your case. You are already dead in terms of the connection or in terms of the qualification for that thing. You yourself, you are off. And the second one that we have to consider too is Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb. That one too is dead. But I believe that it is in this that because if all these all these obstacles do not present themselves, the testimony will not be wild. And that, you know, sometimes when somebody is giving a testimony, say, wow, what makes it wow? It's all the, 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 the obstructions and the valleys and the hills that the person had to go down and climb for it. Because if it's straight, for instance, maybe you come and you tell us that I had 15,000 pounds in my account and I went to a, a bank for a mortgage and they said that they needed 10,000. <laughs> and I and then then I just signed a check of ten thousand pounds and I want to thank God. <laughs> oh yes, it's a good testimony anyway. But you know, it doesn't. It's not the same as somebody who also comes and give a testimony about also going to buy a house, but he has uh, fifty pounds in the account. It's not. It's not. It's not the same. You get it. But one thing I've realized is that one of the things that cause us as believers, not to believe in God more is the options that we give. You know, most times, if, for instance, you need help, 
and you are praying, even sometimes when you are saying that, I receive it, I receive a testimony. In your head, you know all the options you want it to come from. You want it to come, maybe it will come from my mother, or come from my father, or come from my uncle, or better still, it will come from my boss. These are the four options. So if all the four suddenly fail, then your faith dies. But you know that God, if you have four options, God has like 10,000 options. Because have, has it ever happened to you that you received a testimony and the where it came from, you never, you never thought about it. That should tell you how God thinks. You know, the Bible says that as far as the heaven is from here, that is how God, his ways, his ways. That's why we are mortal beings and it's only mortal being. You get it? Because whether we like it or not, any time that we need something, we have options. Let's be frank. We have options in our heads. <laughs> we have options. There are options that say that, oh, with this, with this particular case, have you looked at A? Have you looked at B? Have you looked at C? And most times, our options are limited. They are very, very limited. Very, very limited. But some way, somehow, God is able to come through. And he, and he, God has a, God has a, a how should I put it? A sense of humor that he, he will overlook all our options. And sometimes go and pick an option that we never thought about and use. That should tell you that if we by now we should we should we should we should not be looking at it that way. A friend of mine told me that one of the major obstacles to faith is how. The how. You know, maybe you say that, oh, you shall receive this. Then you say, he said, I receive it. Then just as you sit down, he said, how can this be? How? How? Then, then suddenly begin to look at your options. Options. Hey, Charlie, this one, I have about four options. You look at the four options. None of them seem to be coming very much. And you just throw it away. But in your mind, in your limited mind, you are considered four options. But in the limitless mind of Christ or God, he's considered 10,000 options. Amen. So another option, another characteristic of faith is that faith has obstruction. The third one is that faith has the ability to grow. 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 And I think that one also comes because then you come to the place where I said that if God did this for me, if God did it for me. And if you've realized in most cases when God have has an encounter with anybody God always wants to give series of testimonies first just to boost the person's faith before. So you see that when the angel of God went to uh, Mary in Luke chapter 1, he said that your, 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 your family member, Elizabeth, who was considered barren, has also given birth. For with God, all things are possible. So we see that always trying to give a testimony, trying to give a testimony as to this, that, 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 that. In the, in the case of David, David gave testimony. As it happens, and as the things begin to happen in your life and in my life, then we begin to say that if God did this for me, if God did, did, did that for me, if God did this for me, then in this case, he can also do it. 
That's what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 12. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb or by the word of their testimony. The testimony you overcome because the testimony helps to boost our faith. The testimony helps to boost our faith. So for instance, maybe if I'm going through something and Evans has been through it and he has worked, by virtue of the testimony that he will be sharing, then it will boost my faith. That, oh, if God has been able to do it for him, then he can do for me. Amen. Somebody says that if God has done for your neighbor, that means he is in the neighborhood. So, <laughs> yeah, if God has done for your neighbor, that means he's in the neighborhood. So, that means yours is, yours is, yeah, yours is coming. Amen. The next one is that faith has conviction. And being fully convinced that what he has promised, he was also able to perform. Being fully convinced. Being fully convinced. There are certain things, you know, most times as human beings, we become convinced by virtue of evidence. Evidence. When you get a ample evidence towards a particular thing, then you are convinced that it works. So, for instance, maybe if it's a product, you say that, oh, this person said that, oh, I've used it, it worked. I've used it, it worked. I've used it, it worked. That's why sometimes when you are buying things on Amazon or whatever, you want to read the reviews. So that the person, maybe it's 4.5, 4.6, so that it works. <laughs> so the same thing too has to do with faith. And being fully convinced. And I believe that conviction, conviction, conviction as believers come as a result of a lot of things that God has done in our lives. And I always say that the enemy always wants to take away our testimony because he knows the power of our testimony. Because he knows that once we are able to see our testimony, we are able to walk through our testimony, it will cause us to be convinced that God can do it again. Amen. And the last one that I want to consider is that faith is not ashamed. 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 In fact, if faith is ashamed, then it is dead on arrival. It is actually dead on arrival. Because most times, what faith will cause us to do is not what humanly considering issues we will do. Because as human beings, we always want to take, even if you want to take risk, you want to take calculated risk, want to take risk that we know that we have a fallback mechanism. We know a fallback mechanism. We know that even if this fails, at least I, I am secured here. But faith is, because in the Bible, if you read some of the stories, I don't know how maybe you read it, but when I read it, and I'm like, you know when you read the story of uh, Noah building an ark? That according to Bible historians, there had never been rain before. And he was building an ark. He was not building it even on the seaside. He was building it on land. And, and some of these stories sometimes make me think that is it, is, it, is, it, is it something that we can really consider? And I think it's also the same thing that also happens in our life. Possibly maybe God also wants you to build a certain ark on a particular land somewhere. Not literal ark, please. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and you are virtually building an ark on a dry land. Hey, 
know, but if, if we were there in those days, we too will ask certain questions. Yes, you, we want to, you want to, the first thing I want to find out is that if Noah is okay, the first one. Because what he's doing, I think maybe you have to get him a psychiatric or something. Take him to a psychiatric hospital to find out if the brain cells are not torn or anything of that sort. Amen. And I believe that. But you remember, you remember in one of the verses that we learned in Hebrews chapter 11, it said that by faith, some of them, by faith, the mother of Moses decided to keep Moses because Moses was a beautiful child. Sometimes our faith will cause us to keep certain things for a while before we bring it out. Because when we just bring it out in a splash, certain comments that will come, certain comments that will come our way will cause us to easily give up that. Amen. Remember the story of David in First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17. When he decided to go and face Goliath, his own brothers were the ones that were telling him that we know you, we know the haughtiness of your heart. What are you trying to do here? Go home. Go and look after the few sheep. Is the is the is the is the is and most times it's our close people in our inner circle that sometimes want to cause some of these things. But one of the things that we can also do as Christians is to try as much as possible to just look up unto God and if as much as possible, not to make it a public document for everybody to read. Especially things that even you yourself, when it comes to mind, you, you, get, you get shaken. Even if yourself, you get shaken. How much more, maybe some of us, maybe if you can, some people will just, a comment or something that will pass to your mind will make you go and think about it another way. So, I wanted to encourage each and every one of us that faith is a lifeblood of believers. It's a lifeblood. It's a lifeblood. It's a lifeblood. It's a lifeblood. And when you are working the work of faith, and I know that it doesn't look like what you are doing makes sense. And it happens to all of us. But once we persevere, and we persevere, and we persevere, and we persevere, we give a testimony one day. And it's not going to be one testimony of one thing, but it's going to be testimony upon testimony in different facets of our life. Amen. Let's be on our feet even as we pray.